Los Zapatos. Is that shoe? I don't know. Yes. What I mean, I don't. I you you could have said anything, and I would have just assumed it meant shoe. Well, the es la biblioteca. Where is the shoe library? See the library, but for shoes. That's a thing, right? I feel like that could be a thing. A library for shoes. Is yeah. A shoe store. But well, like no, because so you check you, them out. You're renting it. Yeah. Yeah. A bowling alley. Oh, <laughs> uh, honestly. Okay. Uh, yeah. Technically, you're not yeah. wrong. That 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 that's a good point. <laughs> uh, well, oh, yeah, we're recording. Can we keep that in the podcast? <laughs> we'll, we'll splice that in. Okay. <laughs> cool. 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 Yo, yo, yo! It's your boy Seth. I I don't know why I start these the same way every week. And Be welcome more to better. And also, I'm Philip. Hello. And this is the Brute Neighbors podcast. Uh, we've, we've been gone for a couple weeks hiatus. Uh, we've been having technical difficulties and also, you know, we're, 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 you know, innovating creatively to you, the viewers, the best content possible. Yes, I definitely gave this podcast a ton of thought in the past two or three weeks and have not just completely forgotten about it. That's definitely Correct. not what happened. We, we have both not done that. <laughs> What are we talking about this week, Seth? I'm so glad you brought that up because we're talking about shoes. The thing on your feet. Watchmen, specifically uh, the Zack Snyder film and the graphic novel. Who watches the Watchmen? We did. Uh, kind of a pun. And some mystery thing selected by Philip this week. I'm slightly prepared this time. It's it's very refreshing to to have a, a change of pace like that from Philip. Uh, I had I had four weeks to prepare, and I definitely only decided on it like twenty minutes ago. That counts. <laughs> so, uh, without further ado, let let's let's get started on shoes. Philip, what do you what do you think uh, about shoes? I wear them uh, rather frequently. Some might say daily. Uh, you know, now that you mention it, I actually wear them pretty often too. And it's weird, right? It's weird. I've, I've always wanted to become like a shoeless person. Like, like so I like the idea person. of living my life barefoot. So homeless. But, as, as, as someone who hasn't had shoes, it's not as fun as you think. I, mean, I guess if you, if you choose to not have shoes, I guess. It, if it's a choice thing, it's like one of those things where it's like, yeah. if you don't want it and have it then it sucks but like if you have the option and you seek it out you know it, well, it's, it's a little it's, more worthwhile it, it's like fasting i mean if if you choose not to eat for a week it, it's a bit easier than somebody who uh starving to death. doesn't have food <laughs> yeah but no despite that i just keep on coming back to shoes i i keep on putting them on my feet how how many shoes do you currently own? All right, two part question. How many do you currently own, and how many do you actually wear regularly? I think on my shoe rack I have about eleven shoe pairs. Rack, you fancy. <laughs> I I stole it from my roommate last year. Nice. We love theft. Yeah, yeah. And how many of those eleven pairs of shoes do you actually wear? Let's say even once a month. Once a month. Well, it it depends on the time of year too. 
No. Uh, but I mean, I I wear a good four or five once a month because I've uh, my shoes that get worn regularly are my sneakers, my sandals, and my boat shoes, um, and then like not during the summer months. I wear my my uh, cowboy boots and my hiking boots very often too. Um, so so I mean I guess that's only about three depending on the time of year. Mm-hmm. But why? What about you? Well, see, I am very much in the get judged minority for the fact that I just wear like the same pair of shoes everywhere. Mm-hmm. Like I have a, a few pairs. I couldn't even tell you the exact number because those other shoes I barely wear at all. But I want to say I have my daily shoes. I just literally wear everywhere to work, to for casual, whatever. I have, I want to say two pairs of fancy dress shoes, one brown, one black. Only wear the black ones. Oh, um, I, for, I forgot about my, my dress shoes. I, th- they would be a pair that I wear pretty regularly too um, for like I, church fancy events oh yeah that makes sense yeah i don't i don't get fancy that often usually like weddings or like fancy parties are the only times i ever wear those which only a couple times a year i have these this one pair of shoes that's like a half boot kind of thing that's like kind of fancy-ish it's my middle if like you know it's like i don't want to be on full on dress shoe but i want to look better than just tennis shoes Mm -hmm. then i wear those which also i don't wear regularly and then i have uh my slides mm-hmm. and that's about it i think i still have my I, I think i still have my rotc shoes from high school i think i still have those because i used to use those as dress shoes for a while until i could actually afford real dress shoes yeah i i feel bad because i well i want to i want a nice pair of slippers because i have slippers but i just i never put them on because why See, that's why I have, I, I honestly, I never thought I'd, I would use slippers. Yeah. Um, and I don't own any. But, like, ever since, like, I've just had my slides around, like, I will just, like, put them on to go into the kitchen now. Yeah. So, like, just because, so the bottom of my, uh, the bottoms of my feet don't get cold. So, like, yeah. I could probably, I would probably actually like slippers, weirdly enough, which I never thought I would get to a point in well, my life that I would like slippers. But I could probably go for a nice pair of slippers. Yeah. I know last year I got into the habit of because uh, I had really dirty roommates, and so for for whatever reason I could expect to uh, like walk into the kitchen and you know step in something sticky. And, oh yeah, that's another yeah, reason I. And, and so I yeah, so I would get into the habit of putting on sandals or sometimes slippers to to walk around in public spaces because like i always assumed that i wouldn't ever want slippers because like i don't get cold typically yeah so like i i'm like oh they're only to like keep your feet warm but it's like it's just kind of nice it's weirdly comforting to have something on your feet sometimes like without like full-on putting shoes i i would agree with that it's weird Um, I, i feel like this is like i feel like once you like slippers you've just become a dad like, yeah. I feel like that's just something you don't do until, like, you are mentally a 40-year-old man. Yes, Papa. Ooh, love it when you call me <laughs> Big Papa. Well, only when I'm not calling you Daddy. Oh, yow. So, anyway, I've also... Uh... 
you're gonna get the well, shoe. Oh. I don't know what that means, but ooh. <laughs> are are you gonna give me the shoe? Is that a, I guess that that's probably a sex thing, right? Someone's probably into that, like getting hit with a shoe. Yeah. I Instead suppose. of like a belt or something. I guess it works out. <laughs> well, okay, so so now you're I'm, the real now things I'm, on the podcast. I'm I'm thinking about if you're like, into it. I, I'm I'm thinking about people getting hit with with flip flops. And now I'm I'm wondering it, it, it does that turn into like a weird Freudian thing where where you want to get hit with shoes? Why would that be Freudian? Wait, what do you mean? Because if you if you're like if growing up you get spanked with a shoe. See, I never had that, so like I I, I forgot that was even a thing that actually happens. But honestly, yeah. yeah, probably it's probably the same thing as all the daddy shit, except with shoes. Someone has I, I shoe feel issues. Like I feel like we're really, you know, breaking ground here. I feel like we're, we're we, on to something. When are we going to write our thesis on people <laughs> liking shoe sex? Th- this just becomes like a, a psychology track podcast. <laughs> we break down people's kinks. Goodness starting gracious. with shoes. That, that, that's our new, uh, you know, side series is just... Yeah, guys, uh, check yeah. out our, uh, our new secondary podcast. Uh, intro to psychology. Intro to psychology. Kinks. Intro to kinkology. <laughs> the science of kinks. Goodness gracious. Um, so shoes. Getting hit shoes. with them. Wearing them. Yeah. All these things. So many uses more. for shoes. Yeah. Well, and I mean... I I used to be the kind of person who only had one pair of shoes. Um, and I, I think what kind of made me like amass as many shoes as I, I have was probably just, I mean, I'm an adult now. And so I don't grow out of shoes. It's just like whenever they get worn down mm-hmm. is, is when I need to throw them That's away. That's the only time I buy new shoes. Is- yeah when like i mean it, it typically happens probably more frequently than it does for others because i only wear the same pair of shoes yeah typically like i usually i mean used to just buy shitty walmart shoes and those i'd have to replace every like four months but i've started yeah. getting like actually decent shoes the past couple of years and like that'll last me a good year and oh, then yeah. i just honestly i just buy the same like literally i just bought new shoes like a month ago and they're they're the exact same shoe that I had before. It's just like I don't know. It's it's a weird. I I, I don't want to try new things when it comes to my shoes. Like this one works. I'm gonna go with it. Like I have to wear it every day because I I also walk all the time because I don't have a car. So like I need if like I found a shoe that works for me. I don't want to you know fuck with it. You know. Yeah. Well, and I I think you you mentioned something that that is a, a very good point. The more shoes you have the like the less often you need to get new shoes like because i i used to run through a pair of sneakers like once every uh, once or twice a year but i don't think i've bought sneakers since the beginning of college oh wow yeah see my issue though also is like i'm like i don't really do shoes for fashion like i mean other than my dress Mm -hmm. shoes which i just have almost as a necessity yeah uh, for like interviews and shit yeah yeah um like i don't give a shit what my shoes look like really so i just wear 
black shoes. So if I bought more shoes, it would probably just be all of the same kind of shoe. See, uh, have a yeah, fleet of I, black sneakers. I am not proud to say that I, as, as much as people like to rag on me for, for my, my dressing choices, all of my dressing choices are very deliberate. Uh, so, so I have, I have, I have become that, uh, you know, shoe conscious uh, tool. Got to make sure it matches uh, your your <laughs> yeah. shirt or whatever the fuck. Well, I mean, like I will, I will literally not wear sneakers one day because my blue sneakers don't go with whatever the rest of my outfit. See, that's why you just dress in all black, and then you don't gotta worry about matching. Well, if I dressed in all see well and that's the problem is i wasn't smart when i bought those shoes because i bought them with the mindset of oh i'm wearing shorts right now whatever but i can't wear navy blue sneakers with blue jeans sure you can be brave fight the norms fight the patriarchy yes (laughs) um so patriarchy and their shoes I, i i would like to I, I think it's important that during this conversation we get around to cowboy boots um, as, as sort of, you know, ubiquitous with uh, American culture, you know? I have never owned, and I don't think I've worn a pair of cowboy boots. I, well, I I had not until this last year. And it's one of those things that, like, I don't know why would have like why it sort of surprised me, but it I I just never really thought through the fact that they're just a slip on shoe. Like you literally you just buy a pair that fit you and you just put them on. Which I'm, I, I I don't know slip on shoes still kind of like blow my mind. Just cause... I'm gonna to uh, admit to something that all of our listeners and you will will revile me for. I'm one of those assholes who just like I tie my shoes once and then I just never untie them and I just put them on and off as I need them. I don't untie and tie them. I think it's a waste of time. Um, so if, viewers, if you're just joining us now, Philip just admitted that he's a psychopath. I mean, uh... that was known. That that, that that's <laughs> nothing new. That, that, the that level has of it has increased. No conscience, and uh, th- this is like I I, I saw I, I I saw a meme the other day where it was it was sort of uh, doing a, a a pun off of the trolley problem. It was the the shopping cart problem, and it's like that th- there are no ramifications to you not returning the shopping cart. Do you do it anyway, just to be? you know a decent person that's one of those things (laughs) okay shopping cart being okay leaving out your shopping cart fuck someone over because the the poor ass cashier making 725 an hour if you're in alabama because alabama's uh minimum wage is bullshit has to go out there in the fucking alabama heat in the summer push that and all the other carts back into the little rack and then bring them into the store that's fucking someone over me not untying and tying my shoes affects I don't no know. one else. I, you I had no to, idea until I told you. It doesn't I affect any to, appearance or anything. And it saves time. I can just 
throw on my shoes and walk out the door. I don't have to sit there and tie my shoes. Doop, 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 doop. I'm just gone. It's efficient. I'm sad. <laughs> Good. <laughs> I also, uh, you know, Converse are also a, a very noteworthy brand of shoes um, that, that just sort of standard tennis shoe sort of look. Have, have you ever owned a pair of Converse? I not knowingly. Okay. Um, I, I don't I, even know what brand is my shoe. Well, New Balance. I have New Balances. They're like... Um, oh, we're going on a journey. Yes, we're, we're going on a field trip. But the Frizz? No way. They're, they're this kind of shoe. Uh, for our audio listeners, which is all of you, he's <laughs> holding up a pair of Converses. And by pair, I mean one single shoe. But like... That they're they're just kind of thought of as the standard tennis shoe. I think they're probably one of the the they're they're an older brand, but there's not really any support. It's it's honestly it's not it's it's for all intents and purposes it shouldn't be a a good shoe, but that there's just something about it in the public subconscious that makes you be like, ooh, I need to wear my Converse. Ah, marketing, uh, brainwashing by the media. I took yes. a couple classes on that. Yeah, yeah. You've been brainwashed, Seth. I, I'm aware. How much is a pair of Converses? I'm a slave to uh, American capitalism. Anarchy. I, I like to consume goods. I like to buy things and own them. I just saw myself in the webcam and I realized my beard has gotten very thick. I'm going to go lumberjack. I've decided I'm just going to go full lumberjack. Very lumberjack. Are you, are you a lumber sexual? I don't know what that means. But is it that I, do I fuck lumber? Do I fuck lumberjacks? No, or don't, don't, am don't I worry. a lumber? No, no, no. We're going to analyze it. No, no, no. Okay. No, no, no. It's, we're committed now. So is, am I the lumberjack? I identify as a lumberjack. Is that what it would be? So I... My lumberjack that also has sex with lumberjacks? Yes. Okay. I'm okay with that. You can start wearing plaid. Do you, do you have any particular shoes you want to talk about? Um, as I said before, I'm not really, I mean, I'm not, I mean, I am a shoe guy and then I wear shoes, but like, I'm not a shoe guy as in I'm not into, like, I don't collect shoes. Like I, I know a lot of people, like I've dated girls who have like at least 50 shoes, mm-hmm. like literally like just a shoe that goes with one outfit and i've never understood that and i know it's like i'm it's a different mindset different you know i i just i I personally have never understood like who needs that many shoes and like it's an outfit like you wore once for one party why why but i also i've never understood like dresses that you only wear once uh that that's always i I mean i get the dresses more than more than shoes, shoes but like but also i that has always bothered me just like i, just I say as having purchased a a tux for my high school prom that i never wore again and will probably never wear again wear it right now yeah, dress up i, I have it in my closet i'll i'll break it out oh yeah i don't know i just i, I never and like if if you're doing it from like a collector's standpoint of like oh you just like shoes you think they're pretty i get yeah. that more yeah. then because like i mean we all have shit we collect and like just to you know like i mean i collect movies half the movies i own i haven't even seen because i have yeah. no time 
Like well, we all have our shit we like and want to collect. So if it's a collector standpoint, I understand that more than I do. Oh, it goes to this one dress I'll wear one time and then I'm going to keep them forever, but never wear them again. And well, they're going to hide in the back of my closet covered by everything. It's like, I don't see the point. Yeah. Th- think about uh, like Yeezys and the concept that once every, I-, I actually don't know how often new Yeezys come out, like once a year, once every few years, that every time this one type of shoe drops, everybody jumps online and sells them out like immediately just to hold on to them never sell like and and never wear them but maybe hold on to them for a year to resell them at like twice the value and that's we can have a whole conversation on scalping i don't even understand scalping to begin with like especially in like how is there a resale value on shoes like again like i just said i get it if you're a collector yeah if you're like actually like spending like a couple thousand at least on shoes that you're just like what what do you do with them do you put them in a podium with a glass case like do you have a shoe museum like that's the only way i could because otherwise you're still sitting in your closet like so what's the fucking point like unless you just have a straight up fucking shoe museum in the front lobby of your house because if you're buying shoes like that you probably have a mansion or some shit you probably have a fucking lobby like that's so weird i don't know i don't get it i don't understand i don't know shoes are good they keep my feet uh safe it sucks having holes in your shoes that don't do yes. that uh, I I, my last shoes uh had a hole in them for a couple weeks before i was able to get new ones and uh let me tell you not fun get a good uh you know piece of glass because someone broke a beer bottle on the road up in your shoe and it's ooh, no bueno God, that that made me think about a uh, one time when I was camping, and I fell asleep with my sh- like with my feet on uh, the the firing, and I, I mean my feet were cold, and that made my feet warm, so I didn't think too much of it. And then when I woke up, I had holes burned into my shoes and my socks had melted <laughs> jesus the fact that you didn't like light I, yourself I, on I, fire I, I i didn't notice until i like stood up and like because my, my feet were fi- like it's not like it burned my feet at all but like i stood up and was like wow the like soles of my shoes feel really weird <laughs> that'll do it Jesus Christ! Don't don't set your uh, shoes on fire, kids. Especially when they're on you. Yeah. Uh, fun fact of the day. Safety tip. Let's but see. Do yeah. we got anything else on shoes? Uh, oh uh, no! Of of course. Um, let's not forget the the optimal use of shoes as as projectiles as weapons. Ah, uh, like when you throw them at George W. Bush. Like if you threw them at George W. Bush, let us not forget one of the <laughs> most iconic moments of our childhood when somebody was interviewing the President of the United States, threw a shoe at him, and he ducked Matrix style before getting another shoe yeah. thrown at him. He does it again. Okay, I'm yeah. going to post the link in the description because I, I, I'm not a fan of George Bush's policies and stuff. That... I, he has respect cool. for me for that because yeah. that was incredible <laughs> like people this dude threw a shoe at him he ducked and then he threw another shoe at him and he dodged again and it's one of the just 
that is the best moment of like any presidency I've been alive for in terms of just cool actions. Oh yeah. Yeah, because yeah. like it just it's weirdly badass. Like it's not because he just got shoes thrown out at him, but like it also is. Like regardless of your thoughts on him as a president, that was fucking cool. I'm gonna post it, the link to the video in the description because it's just fun to watch. It, it's a yeah, I de definitely recommend if you haven't already. <laughs> the fucking shoe <laughs> ninja. But yeah, no. All in all, pro shoes. The pro shoes they keep my feet uh not stepping on glass if I don't have holes in them. So Yes. Yeah, yeah. Have you ever had I had a friend who had a nail go through their shoe. Uh that that's never It's like a phobia of mine. I'm always afraid that I'm gonna get something just shook. Yeah. Especially when I have holes in my shoes. <laughs> that's that's never happened to me personally. But there was a ca uh, camping trip we went on that this one kid was wearing crocs and he stepped on a, a nail. Ugh. And uh, it, I mean, it was pretty bad, but like he was able to get bandaged up pretty quickly. It, it didn't like puncture anything. It just like it, it just poked him. Um, but we we had to take an entire few hours out of our trip just to take him to the ER and get him a tetanus <sighs> shot. What an asshole! Ruining it yeah. for everybody. <laughs> All right. Yeah, I'm pro shoes. Shoes are cool. Uh, I probably need more shoes. Probably just having the one pair of shoes is lame, but like, eh. Yeah. One $60 pairs of shoe, uh, shoes a year gets me by. Ugh. 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 All right. So, Watchmen. Watchmen? Yeah. I, all right. So, I, all right. First off, going to remember this time spoilers for Watchmen. Uh, both the graphic novel and the uh, Zack Snyder movie. Seth might talk a little bit about the show for like referentially, but I haven't seen it yeah. either. So we're not going to go too much into the show, but yeah, spoilers yeah. are mostly going to cover the graphic novel and the uh, film. So, uh, sorry. <laughs> wow. Good job. Interrupting me. Rude. Uh, I, I was, I was trying to, to lend uh, context to uh, the, the spoiler warning, but uh, Yo, context uh, it up. No, I mean, you, you, you did it. You, you, did I steal your thunder? You I'm so sorry. Job. Your spoiler thunder. Oh, thanks buddy. So, so we both got into Watchmen relatively recently. I, uh, I read it for the first time about eight months ago or so um, around Christmas time last year. And uh, I actually got you into Watchmen. I let you borrow, borrow my copy of Watchmen, which has been stolen from me. Been I, taken I have, hostage. I have thefted it. Okay, weird side note. I am now the third person that I know personally who has lent out their copy of Watchmen to someone and not ever gotten it back. Like, this is like <laughs> a thing that people just lend out their copy of Watchmen and just don't get it back. Like, it's just a curse upon Watchmen. If you lend it out, you're not getting it back. I should have known. I, I, I tempted fate. I was like, oh, I know Seth. He's a good buddy of mine. He'll make sure I get my Watchmen copy back. Yeah. <laughs> for, uh, for, for all of you uh, audio viewers out there. Awesome. <laughs> audio um, viewers. <laughs> uh, what I did was I, I gave a, a, a subtle wink at that camera uh, to sort of indicate sarcasm. It reads very well over an audio podcast. Yes. Um, 
Jesus Christ. But yeah, no. So he literally in the past month or so, you read what you you now have consumed more Watchmen than I have. Yes. Uh, because I, I got you into it, but like you went full scene. You dove into it. You read the novel, then watched the show, and then watched the movie, correct? Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, I've, I've only watched the theatrical version of the movie, not the director's cut or ultimate cut. But I, th- I think the only, other, other than that, the only bit of Watchmen, official Watchmen media I haven't consumed is the uh, before Watchmen series. Yeah, I haven't seen any of the new Watchmen stuff. Yeah. Uh, I have only seen, uh, read the graphic novel and seen the Zack Snyder movie, which I, I like the Zack Snyder movie. I, I know you, I think you said you weren't a huge, huge fan of it. Yeah, I, 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 it, it just didn't really vibe as well for me. The biggest issue I have with the Zack Snyder film is it's both the issue I have with it and what I appreciate about it is that it's very much just kind of a copy paste of the graphic novel for the most part. And, but doing so it's almost like because you're taking a, however many pages graphic novel and copy pasting it to a movie, you kind of have to bullet point the story points a little bit. So it just, it, it feels a little more manufactured less natural i think mm-hmm. the director's cut helps out a bit i've not seen the theatrical version uh but I, i've only seen the the director's cut but i think it helps a little bit helps flush out some certain scenes a bit more and makes it feel a little less bullet pointy but that's definitely a, a reasonable complaint is that like sure it keeps everything from the graphic novel and that's cool it's it, i think we've discussed it on the podcast before is that there's, there's a difference between being a good adaptation and being a good movie I think yeah. it's a very good adaptation, but loses a little bit of soul as, as a movie. Yeah, but even though it is pretty much a, a copy paste of the graphic novel, they they decide to just go a completely a drastically different way for the ending. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I was glad like the integrity of how the ending played out was still kept. But the the big reveal was completely different from what it was in the graphic novel, and for me, I I I would have preferred if they had just done copy paste from the graphic novel. I definitely get that. I think because he was, I think Zack Snyder, and I'm not one to defend Zack Snyder. I think he's not a great director. Mm-hmm. Uh, his, I mean, his best movies that I've seen at least are, are Watchmen and 300 and 300 is not great, honestly, but it's one of his better movies. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he's, he's not my favorite director by any means, but I think he was trying to get Watchmen in front of a big, as big of an audience as he could. And I don't know, like now Watchmen is relatively well known, but even like when that movie came out, what it was at least over a decade ago, maybe closer to two decades ago. Yeah, let me look it up real quick. 2009, so uh, yeah, a little over a decade ago. It wasn't as well known. Comics were still like only just blowing up because the Marvel Cinematic Universe had only just started around that time. So it was a little more niche. I think he wanted to get that movie, this movie, out and enjoyed by as wide of an audience as possible. So like, as much as I do love the ending of the graphic novel, the whole faking an alien with artists to it's a little wacky for mainstream audiences yeah and tying it into because the the ending of the the movie 
if I recall, it's isn't it that like Doctor Manhattan is like the threat that everyone thinks? Yes. Yeah. That that Doctor Manhattan has blown up New York City. So Doctor Manhattan, who's already kind of a big character for mainstream audiences to wrap their head around in the first place, and then you add yeah. an alien on top of it. I I think honestly, if he was going for a get the mainstream audience mm-hmm. route. I think that was a smart way of doing it because you already have this one concept that's kind of out there that you have to have. Fuck it, let's make the the, the ending tie into that instead of introducing another out there concept. Yeah, I, and I mean, I would, I, I agree with that and I, I'm sure I would have a much different consumption of it if I had, I, I had not gone into it having already read the graphic novel. Mm-hmm. But I, I do think that th- there was a way that that they could have tried to uh, lay the groundwork for an alien. Um, yeah, which I, I mean, they they do quite well in the graphic novel that could not be easily transferred over to a film. But I feel like there there I mean. And I mean, I, I can take issue with anyone's directorial uh, methods. So I'm, I'm, I'm just sort of pulling at straws here. But yeah. I mean, it's, it's a reasonable complaint. And like the fact that I can definitely understand like, oh, everything else was copy pasted. We changed this yeah. one vital thing. I can see that being off-putting. I, I, I do think, though, that because also you have to consider he probably had studio pressure. Mm-hmm. Um, even to get that movie made in the first place is probably hell because again it wasn't a huge yeah. giant thing yet so I, I I think he did as good a job as he could while still keeping as faithful to the themes and overall plot as he could so yeah. like I I, I I think Snyder did a good job on Watchmen uh, it's the only praise I'll ever give to Snyder because I don't think he's a good director typically, but I, I think he did good with the Watchmen movie. I think he did about as well as anyone could. Mm-hmm. Uh, Watchmen was actually the first thing I read in a while. I haven't done a lot of reading in the past couple of years, yeah. but like I, I read Watchmen, I got it for a gift, and I zoomed through it. I read it in two days, and it just kind of like re-sparked my interest in reading and and. Like comics again too. I've never been super big into comics and graphic novels, but like, there's some good shit out there, man. Like, it's mm-hmm. not all just superhero stuff. I mean, Watchmen is, but there's also the fact that it's kind of a little more adult oriented. Yeah. Not kind of, it is very much so. There's some very oh, yeah. heavy, heavy shit in Watchmen. It, I mean, Watchmen is uh, at its core just sort. Uh, it, it, it is definitely a a work of literature like i i have consistently seen watchmen described as one of the few graphic novels that is without question a a member of the literary canon just because of the the themes it explores the depths that it explores them to obviously let's let we're not gonna jump into this what makes a a work of art here uh, because everything is art but Watchmen truly is uh just so masterfully crafted yeah for sure absolutely and it's 
and it's interesting too and like i mean if we're going down the what is art rabbit hole i i feel like you have to include comics and superhero stuff as art because if you're including watchmen as art watchmen at its core is a deconstruction of the superhero genre yeah it is a in response to the superhero genre and you know criticizing it in a lot of ways flipping a lot of things on its head but you would not have watchmen without superhero comics yeah so like i think that in and of itself kind of shows like okay this was art and this is a response to pre-existing art Mm-hmm. Like, it's just a, you can say it's more in-depth, which I think it is. You can say it's better, which I think it is. But, like, the people, there's so many people that just blow off uh, comics as just, you know, trashy and and not real anything. But, like, it's, I, I absolutely think it's art. People say, I mean, Scorsese, there was that whole drama, I think, last year of Scorsese saying the Marvel films weren't art or weren't cinema. Mm-hmm. And like I, I get what he was saying, and I, 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 I wish more people would, you know, go out and watch movies that aren't just, uh, you know, the biggest, you know, superhero movie. But like, there's still art. There's still artistry to them. And there's yeah. the fact that there's standouts in the genre that people want to pick and choose and say, oh, yeah, superhero movies aren't aren't art. Oh, except Logan, except Black Panther, except uh, Joker. It's like yeah. you can't have it both ways. Like they, if those are so are the rest of them. You just prefer these to the others. Yeah, yeah. But we could go down that rabbit hole for a thousand years. Watchmen itself, though, uh, who who would you say is your favorite character? Do you have a favorite character in Watchmen? Oof. Uh, I, I mean, for, uh, I wouldn't say he's my favorite character, but uh, for, for me, the most identifiable or the, the one that I identified the most with was Night Owl. Um, just like the, this uh, Dudley do-good, overgrown Boy Scout, um, <laughs> who's also like, I mean, he's not great, but that, that's also part of the beauty of it is every single character is not, like, every single uh, character has good things and bad things no character is perfect no character is completely evil Um, yeah yeah including the villain yeah i mean the 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 villain is i mean again big spoilers for watchmen if you haven't if you didn't get the hint here's the hint go away if you don't want spoilers Ozzy Diaz is fucking amazing i fucking love okay yeah no i i i agree with that and especially watching watching in the show the the tv series uh again not giving away any spoilers other than who's in it ozzy in the show yes uh and that that makes me love ozzy even more because it it it, we get a lot in watchmen the the graphic novel he's just kind of sort of playing around on the sidelines until it's revealed that he is very relevant to the storyline. But in the show, you finally actually get to see him doing his thing and just kind of dicking around. And I mean, he's fun. He's, he's, that's the thing. He's very charismatic. And that's the point of the character is like, he genuinely thinks he is doing the right thing by killing all these people. Yeah, yeah. He thinks that it's for the greater good, and by doing this, saving mankind. 
And yeah. he even he even has you can tell he still has morality because like he'll do something fucked up. Like he'll he killed his uh, henchman and he's like, I'm sorry, I had no other choice. If you if I kept you alive, the whole thing could come unraveled. Like he he, he seemed to show genuine remorse. And even at the end, after he's accomplished the plan, he, I believe it's to Dr. Manhattan, he's like, did I do the right thing? Mm-hmm. And like, he, he still has that turmoil. He's not just this, you know, over the top villain trying to, you know, kill off people for no reason. He genuinely thinks it's this legitimate, vital course of action for humanity. Yeah. Well, and, and I, I think that is... A, a testament to both Osmandius, to the writers, to, to the entire story in and of itself. I would go so far as to say Osmandius is one of the best people in the book, but he is also the the one who does th- one of the most terrible things you can imagine. Yeah, because yeah, I mean, you look at like uh, Rorschach, who yeah. is the has probably what most people would consider the most straightforward look at justice. Yeah, but he's also incredibly fucked up. Oh yeah, like he's like, well, and also I did not expect to like Rorschach as much as I did. I yeah, I I really like Rorschach. Um, and, and I, I mean. I think it's very easy to look at Rorschach and and uh, f- from just sort of a, a two-dimensional point of view, be like, oh, he he's got his his view, just his own view of justice. But like, I, I think it's important to note that while Rorschach, uh, like Rorschach, is by far one of the, one of the most reprehensible, if not the most reprehensible character in the entire book. He is extremely... Oh, no, uh, other than the comedian. Uh, Yeah, I was going to say, I think the comedian, like, Rorschach's fucked up. I think comedian's got it. The comedian is absolutely worse. Um, Just kidding. Uh, But, I I mean, he he is extremely problematic. He he Mm -hmm. says and does really terrible things, but... I mean, he 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 is so complex that there is a method to the madness that that like he he's just such an interesting character. Oh yeah, for sure. And uh, just his background, how he came to be, how he is. Like, yeah. I love that they really dive into that. Yeah, yeah. Um, and just like what, how Rorschach became Rorschach, and. It's, just, it's really it's, 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 it's he's a very well balanced in terms of writing character because like you'll find your like he'll be saying things for a minute and you'll be like oh yeah he's right he has a point and then he'll immediately say some really fucked up like alt right yeah. shit like literally yeah. alt right shit yeah um and you're just like whoa wait a minute where, where, where did that come from and, and then there's this kind of this, uh like I think the whole graphic novel kind of tackles this idea of no ideas are completely separate like there's always a sliding scale of like there is no yes good no bad yeah it's all on the same plate you know it's all there yeah and and i think uh rorschach is one of the most identifiable aspects of that it's just 
like it kind of makes you question yourself a little just like oh like he like this is what people think is good but then he also is doing all this shit so like where's the line there is no line and that's kind of the point of watchmen is that there is no good there is no bad there's just humans it's, it's, a, it's a story about humanity yeah i think i think rorschach i mean if obviously watchmen is is an ensemble piece it, it focuses on so many characters but if watchmen were to have one sort of protagonist i mean it would probably be rorschach he is who you start off with uh as the the first perspective you get and the end of his story is essentially the end of the 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 book um and and i i think it, it was an interesting choice for that to be the lens through which we we got the story for sure yeah because i mean you're like literally it even after he is dead the last uh, the last like panel of the yeah. uh of the uh the graphic novel is his notes being picked yeah. up for distribution in that shitty alt-right magazine yeah so I, like, I, I I love the world building too. They mm-hmm. they do so much with oh here here are bands that exist in this universe. Here are all these different newspapers and magazines, and then yeah. they, they they give you the content that is being featured in it. And that that's one of the things I love about the the show too is that they carry that over. They they have all those like if you pass by a, a newspaper stand you see oh there there's an issue of the the new frontiersman um yeah and i i think just the, the world they're able to create that is i mean still so similar and yet so different from our own world yeah because i mean isn't it uh it's a world where nixon wasn't impeached right isn't right that- well yeah yeah um, yeah. And th- th- so the di- diverging point is the Vietnam War, right? Wouldn't that be well? So, so the the obviously we we didn't have all those masked superheroes going on in our timeline in the forties, but Wait, like what? the real the real diverging point is Doctor Manhattan coming into existence, um, yeah. and then be- because. Dr. Manhattan exists when Nixon is president. Uh, he, he uses uh, him. He decides to use him in the Vietnam War, yeah. um, which which keeps Nixon from being impeached, which allows him to run for re-election five different times. Yeah, um, yeah. Nixon would too. Yeah, yeah. It, it's it's a very interesting world. I uh, know we've we've talked about this a little bit. You you didn't like the uh, the pirate sub story comic, correct? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it, it, I I mean I imagine anyone listening in on here uh, is is probably familiar with the graphic novel. Uh, but in in case you aren't, th- there's this recurring thing uh, for for a, a significant portion of the graphic novel um, where there's this guy reading a comic book inside of the comic book comic um, exception 
and it, it's about pirates. It's a, the story about a guy who his entire crew has been murdered and he's got to make his way back uh, to, to the town to, to warn them uh, about pirates who are coming to destroy the village. And it's just this very gruesome, very dark story. And it, it and it's great. It plays up interspersed throughout everything else going on as I, I guess a, a thematic undercarriage. But for, for me, it, it was just annoying. I was trying to focus on what was going on in the story. And instead I was getting these long didactic musings of some sad pirate man. Um, <laughs> The sad pirate man is cool. I liked sad pirate man until he was like it would it would he, be he killed his wife and kid. See, I like I like that. See, it's because I love dark gritty shit, but also all of Watchmen is dark gritty shit. So he I says I, I don't this, fully yeah, understand. He, no, well, it, it's it's not the fact that it's dark and gritty. It's the way it's done. It's just boring. He it's says not, the though. same thing over and over again. He's a fucking. Does, I mean, he's like marooned. Like no shit. He's fucking addle brained. Like it's all fucked up. I just it didn't vibe with me. Lamo. Yeah. I I will I will admit that was the hardest part for me to get through. Mm-hmm. But like once like I got to the like as I figured it was gonna be something like that he was gonna like act, like his wife actually wasn't dead and he was gonna yeah kill her. I've, I've seen that shit happen. Uh, I I a lot definitely of times. and also sorry, predicted go ahead. I definitely predicted the end of that storyline yeah like long before it was over i i will say i don't know about this instance specifically but watchman as a whole yeah you know, i say like oh i've seen the ending of like the pirate guy thing a thousand times like in other stories like oh it was actually it turns out it was all a misunderstanding and then he did the thing but watchman people don't realize how influential watchman was like in our media like mm-hmm. it is referenced in so many things like there are so many quotes just just quotes from watchmen i had no idea what from watchmen i that just were out in the world like uh rorschach's line in prison like uh oh you think i'm locked in here with you uh you're all locked in here with me i've heard that yeah. a million times and a million different things never knew it was a watchman quote and, like, and may i say that was the delivery of it was quite nice mm-hmm. Well, and th- oh, yeah. there, there's a lot of those like fun one-liners in there that that really do persist. I, I I'm sure you are thinking of of the same Ozymandias line. I am. Ooh. Yeah, do you think I'm just some serial comic villain? If I had any, uh, if I thought you could uh, influence the outcome, I would never would have told you my master stroke. I did it 35 minutes ago. The I did it thirty-five minutes ago. <laughs> I had, dude. I've I've never had a fucking even a book give me. Well, maybe when I was a kid, but like typically, I've never had a book or a comic book give me chills. Yeah, like just for reading something, I got chills from that line. Very like, holy like, shit. Yeah, I and I mean I just because of how pervasive it is and and pop culture. I I had a vague idea of where the the graphic novel was going the whole time mm-hmm. yeah but i i i never expected that like i i never expected the, the heroes to lose 
in such a a monumental and tragic way yeah same like i like i knew it was dark i knew like like you said like because it is so pervasive in culture we like i would honestly argue it's one of the most influential comics graphic novels ever yeah like almost hands down i would agree with that so pervasive and, and it's like you can see structural elements that other movies and shows have taken from it it's just it, it it's very pervasive and and justifiably because it has just such profound themes and the, and the fact that you know it is a graphic novel that as we discussed earlier no one is 100% good or bad like even the comedian who is just a horrendous vile yeah. disgusting human has a sense of morality in that he is like he is so fucked up and evil but when he finds out about Ozymandias's plan he is broken yeah this person without a code without a conscience he is broken by Ozymandias's plan and i think that is is very telling and like even even someone who you would think is very two dimensional oh he's just an asshole shitbag even he has some depth well even he has limits even he has lines that he will not cross yeah the man who has crossed every line yeah the 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 man like the the rapist murderer every other awful thing in the book yeah even he has a line and that is very powerful in its own right yeah 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 it's that, that there is no black or white there's always a shade of gray. And I think that's a very powerful theme that like, even today, I like you see it and things, but it's not super duper common. Mm-hmm. It, it, still in, in most mainstream media, it's still things are typically black and white, black or white. And so like, I, I feel like Watchmen just really goes all in on that. Just tackles it of mm-hmm. it's all shades of gray. There might be darker shades of gray and lighter shades of gray, but it's all shades of gray. And I, I think that's a very powerful element to it. Yeah, yeah. I that is something that is lost with the TV show. Um, I, I I think it does it does seem to draw clear lines of of who is good and who is bad, Ugh. but it, it 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 does maintain that sense of of humanity in all the characters like that that all of the good characters are capable of of bad and or more along the lines of all characters are are capable of bad and it's a a matter of just sort of a a spectrum of how far people are willing to go i i definitely i do need to watch the show it's only what eight ten episodes nine i think nine oh man right in the middle so close yeah. um I, I definitely need to check it out that's probably what i'll start after i finish uh, silicon valley because i i definitely need to watch it um because mm-hmm. like, like i said like it's definitely my favorite graphic novel which to be fair i haven't seen that many gra- or read that many graphic novels i've read like some of the walking dead i've read I've read a lot of manga over the years but i don't even know if that even qualifies really but even then, like Watchmen is just such a standout thing 
And I, I think if you're interested in graphic novels at all, they're like, you know, if, if you've, you know, heard like, oh, a lot of them are kind of kiddie, a lot of them are like, oh, I don't know if it would really stimulate me intellectually. Like, go for Watchmen. It's a good, and check out Alan Moore as a whole. He, he is a lot of really good stuff. Uh, I really need to check out uh, Swamp Thing. That was him. Yes. Uh, I, apparently that's I, really, really good uh, for yeah. right here. I've I've always heard excellent things about Swamp Apparently Thing. Apparently the show was really good too, but it got canceled yeah. after like eight episodes. Yeah, yeah. Because they stupidly made it the flagship show of DC Universe and then immediately gave up on DC Universe. But I, I do actually want to watch that season of Swamp Thing because I've heard it's actually really, really good. Yeah. And the fact that it's, I mean, it's based off an Alan Moore property, so like, I can definitely see it. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I mean, we, we even, we discussed Swamp Thing in, in one of my literature classes. Really? At, at University of Alabama. And, and it, it wasn't even, it, like, it, it was, it, it was not even a, a comic book sort of literature class. Like, it, it was a, regular southern literature um and, and discussing how well Swamp Thing southern literature yeah because it, it, it's uh it's louisiana fair uh and, and sort of how it exp- how its exploration of of horror is a reflection of uh the society in which it's it's taking place mm-hmm. um Honestly, I'm kind of surprised there aren't, you know, side tangent, this might get cut, but uh, I'm surprised there aren't more, well, I guess there's some Southern set horror. Well, th- that, that was the, that was the, uh, the class I took was it was yeah. Southern horror literature. Um, and it, uh, th- there, there's more lot, films and stuff, but the, the, there's a lot of, I, I mean, obviously it was, it was set more on, on books. Yeah. And horror literature is very different from horror cinema. Yeah. Um, but I, I was very surprised at how well those two themes mesh together. Well, I mean, like horror, if you think... horror discourse and Southern studies. Oh, yeah. Because, like, I mean, if you look at, have you seen Get Out? I have not. Bruh. I know. I need to. It's... So fucking good. Please watch it. Next time you visit, we are watching Get Out. Okay. I am decreeing it. But, I mean, that plays with, you know, a lot of racial horror, but it's also, that also ties into Southern uh, uh, culture because racism is unfortunately so prevalent here. And, uh, I mean, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Yeah. That's Southern horror. Texas Chainsaw Massacre, uh, The Skeleton Key. Haven't seen that. Uh, I need to. I've not seen it, but I've heard good things. Oh, a handful of Western uh, horrors could probably yeah. count, maybe. Like Bone Tomahawk. I don't. I don't know where that's set, but because like I think there is a lot to play with there. Yeah. Uh, because there, there's a lot of scary shit down here. I'm surprised there's not more monster horror set in the South. Because like I mean, it's a lot of Southern fears are i mean you've just like oh the coyotes got in the chicken pen again like there's yeah there's something you can play with there even though it's you know that seems kind of goofy and it's more played up for laughs and the joke in media typically i think you could absolutely play that up for horror just grand skillet like i i i i i'm working on a, a werewolf idea set in the south kind of along those lines I don't, it might be shit but i think it'd be fun 
yeah. Southern horror. Let's make it a make it happen in film. If you are listening and uh, have a lot of money and want to give me money to make a movie about Southern oh, monster oh, horror. Well, what am I thinking of? I think it's two thousand uh, maniacs or twenty thousand maniacs, something like that. Um, but it, it, it's a uh, oh de- deliverance too. But uh, twenty thousand maniacs, where the the small southern town is having their their festival, uh, and and these these northern uh, kids are driving through and they want to check out the festival, and it, it's really the town is a bunch of of ghosts who were murdered by Sherman's march and are taking their revenge on the northern college students. Interesting. I will say, a lot, uh, one issue I, I kind of have is that outside of, of potentially Get Out, all, all Southern horror-ish things, it's always the Southerners being the fucked up monster in some way. Like, I mean, there's a trope of like, oh, they find the hillbilly in the gas station. Yeah. Who, it's like, oh, you're going to die. Ugh. It's like, it's it's very tropey at this point where it's all the southerners are always back backwards and stupid and 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 or monstrous in their own right there's not a lot of southern people dealing with either it, it could be something else like get out deals with that it's a yeah. southern person against other southern people it's it's, it's race based but it still applies yeah, but otherwise, it's 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 usually it's it's become tropey how it's oh the you know northern frat boys come down and get chopped up by the southern hillbillies like literally Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Yeah. Um. Well, and, and I mean that that is something that I think that class did very well is all of the the books we read and also the books we read had a lot like did a lot with. Uh, with African-American issues, Native American issues, LGBT issues in the South, but it it was very like Southerners against Southerners and, and I like that. That's good. Yeah. This is, this is not necessarily a great example, but have you ever seen uh, Dale and Tucker versus evil? I have, but that flips I, the trope a bit. Yeah, I, I and I mean, I that that's something, I I I I I do really like that movie. And while it, the the main characters are still stereotypes and like not not very, oh, what's the word, complementary stereotypes, but yeah. I mean, it it really is. They're they're these two buddies who just want to fix up a house and everybody mm-hmm. thinks they're they're crazy axe murderers. See, I think the stereotypes work in that because yeah. in having those stereotypes still, it's it is still subverting because of oh yeah, they're they're, you know, kind of freaky looking, now they got axes and like, oh, it looks like they're covered in blood. It was just like the deer or whatever the fuck. Yeah, yeah. Like But like it's 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 playing off of other people's perceptions of that like oh you yeah. see that why do you automatically assume they're big scary killers even though they're just a little weird yeah like i think that in having those stereotypes because there's, there's there's many different ways you can subvert a trope 
we can either completely go against it and actually, oh, these Southern guys are actually college professors at Stanford or something, or you can embrace those tropes, but flip people's perceptions or over-exaggerate those perceptions. And, and that, that's what uh, Tucker and Delphi is Evil does, and I think it does it very well. It's like, yeah, they still have those stereotypes, but it plays with people's perception of those stereotypes. And I think that works very well. It's a great movie. And Alan Tudyk, love that man. Mwah. Amazing man. Very underrated actor. I, I'm so glad we've had this conversation that will probably not make it into the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, yeah, we'll squeeze it in, maybe. Yeah. Even though we're definitely closing in on an hour and a half. So we got to do our mystery subject. Yeah. Well, first of all, uh, I'm... I'm pro Watchmen. I am also pro Watchmen. Very big fan. I, uh, I, uh, more the graphic novel than the film, but like the film's still fine. And that's that's kind of where I am too. I think I think I like the film a bit better than you did, but hmm. definitely, if I'm going to introduce someone to Watchmen, you know, if I had a copy of the graphic novel still in my possession to loan to people, then I would you know, introduce them to the graphic novel first. You you really should get your own copy. I, I don't know <laughs> why you haven't gotten one. It's it's a curse. I don't I don't understand it's the Watchman <laughs> curse. You're gonna eventually either A, give me back my copy and get your own copy. Unlikely but possible. Or B, uh you're going to forget that it's my copy and then loan that copy to someone else and then never get it back and they'll just be a, a cycle. I think that's beautiful, uh Philip. It just passes on. Someone else gets to enjoy it, and then it moves on. It's the Watchman curse or blessing, depending on how you look at it. Can I just say, I I hate possums, and I will <sighs> never understand all of this like pro possum discourse that we have. I feel like we've had this conversation before. What brought this up? Uh, well, I I was just scrolling on social media and. I saw yet another person talking about how how cute possums are. They're yeah, I, I I don't hate them, but I don't like them either. They're just kind of there, kind of freaky. Well, okay, always, I, I, I every... will I will admit that my like I, I have a, an irrational dislike of them, but it's still gross for people to like them. <laughs> how dare you have a different opinion than mine? Exactly. Like I. For some reason, every time I have, like, I've seen a possum, it's always been very startling. Like, I'll just look, like, yeah. at a fence, and, like, there'll just be a possum on the fence, like, at me. And I'm like, oh, well, hello there. But why? But why, though? I don't know. There's a, there's a, I think it's because it's a, it's a kind of a counterculture thing, almost, uh, that people are, like, you know, because most people, I would say, don't like possums. But, like, it's like a, oh, it's just misunderstood. It's like, I mean, they also have rabies. <laughs> well, no. Apparently, most of them don't have rabies. As, do they not? Uh, apparent. I don't. I, according Says to random Facebook image possum with no source. propaganda on <laughs> Facebook. Um, <laughs> they're, they're fine. I have nothing really against them. I don't like them either. They're just kind of there. Every girl I've dated has liked possums. That's disconcerting. That's a weird trend hmm. like even the high school it, okay it, it's it's i mean it's weird that all all of the people you you've dated uh have liked possums it's weirder 
that you had that you distinctly remember for each of these people. Circumstance that came up in each of these relationships that you remember and like literally some of those relationships off. lasted like a month and a half. Like yeah. <laughs> uh, possums are apparently very prevalent in my life. Yeah, that's odd. That's a weird I don't know how I feel about that one. Let's uh, let's uh, back to we're the podcast. Po- uh, yeah, we're talking about possums in next week's podcast. Oh God, I, um, I have. Could. I mean, I have thought that almost every single thing that we've talked about, I have been pro. Uh, and so you know, I want I want something to be anti. Yeah, like you, I even gave you grunge as a freebie, and you weren't as vitriol filled as I was hoping. Yeah. I have I been fully anti anything? I don't think so. I've had nitpicks I, I mean, you, and you, stuff. You, you you were nitpicky about T Swizzle, but uh, <laughs> I I don't I don't think you said anti Taylor Swift. I think I was like neutral. Yeah, that that's actually next week's surprise is going to be just Taylor Swift's new album. Oh God. I'm not listening to another full Taylor Swift albums. I listened to like fucking five full Taylor Swift albums for this fucking podcast. It was torture. I'm proud of you. You couldn't even li- listen to my full like 20 song list of grunge. Yeah. 32. Fake fan of me. <laughs> Where the fuck's your name on Facebook? Oh, are you sending the link that way? Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. Because well, I'm. I th- I thought it was gonna be it, like the the surprise thing was going to be a link to my Facebook page and we were just <laughs> going to you know critique your social media presence. Yeah, yeah uh, as I said, you have seen this before. I just want to a I just want to watch it again myself because I like it, and I just want to talk about it and uh, the subsequent material around it. I want to give it more attention. Philip, why why don't you tell us? what we just watched well seth i just showed you finest girl aka the bin laden song by the lonely island and uh uh for those of you who don't somehow don't know who the lonely island are they're a comedy musical group and uh bin laden song is i think one of their most underrated songs doesn't get a lot of love it's just fucking out there and i love it well, a, a lot of their songs from uh, their films tend to go by the wayside. Uh, it's a like shame because it, it never. Said, Pop Star was actually a pretty decent movie. I don't know if you've seen it, but I have not. I I need to because everyone I've I've spoken to about it has had only good things to say about it. It's not like a groundbreaking film, but like it's a solid comedy film. Like it's enjoyable. Like it bombed hard. Like, I think it had, like, a – it had a pretty big budget and did not make any of it back. Uh, I want to say it had, like, a $30 million budget, $30 million budget, and had made only, like, $10 million yeah. theaters. Big, big old bomb. Which is a shame because it's a solid movie because it's a lonely island. They're funny guys. Yeah. Um, and uh, – but the Bin Laden song specifically, I, I just – it. It, it tickles my fancy. It's just, uh, it, it, it's my kind of comedy. It's dark without being, it, it's whimsical and it's, it's, it's offensive humor, mm-hmm. weirdly. And I think that works. 
I, I appreciated the fact that it's almost entirely uh, SNL cast members. I, I loved seeing w- th- there's one scene uh, or one bit where it, it goes to Obama and has Obama uh, t- talking to the narrator of the song, uh, if you will. And, and <laughs> the Obama is Jay Farrow, who, who played Obama for most of uh, his time on Saturday Night Live. Yeah. So th- that was a nice touch. That was, that was something I appreciated, a little bit of a throwback. I the the music video definitely has a lot of humor in it, uh, and, and just uh, Andy Samberg's just a great showman, and oh, yeah. even like you know, obviously you know music video and he's playing a character because this is a song from the movie, so he is playing a character in this music video. So it's a little convoluted, but and, and then at the end it hits you with the. Uh... It was a virtual reality <laughs> set the whole time. Whoa, yeah, like it's just so it's wacky. Yeah. It's out there. I love I love the bit where uh, towards the end, where it's the guy dressed up as Uncle Sam, and the guy dresses Bin Laden. Yeah. It's like they touch hands. It's like oh, fuck like Bin Laden, motherfucker, like the U.S. government, fuck Bin Laden. Was well, a fugitive. That ass. It, it, it's weird that like this. It's it's a weird blend of like it, it's the kind of comedy I, I I really like. It's why I like Airplane so much. Mm-hmm. Is it's dumb, goofy comedy, but it's done in an intelligent way. Mm-hmm. Like it's not just oh we're gonna do and say all the stupid shit and see what sticks. We're going to say and do the stupid shit, but we're gonna plan out exactly what we do. We we know our theme. We know civic stuff like he wasn't in a cave but there was no stopping like there's lots of like like because like off that line it plays off of you know stereotypes that surrounded bin laden like oh he was in a cave oh he was you know the poor and all this like no he lived in a fucking mansion they raided a fucking mansion (laughs) like like he wasn't in a cave but there was no stopping you want me to fuck with like we fucked bin laden well and i mean that that is uh also just kind of the the beauty of the Lonely Island is uh, it, 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 it's a, at a very sort of surface level incredibly stupid. I mean, kind of like Family Guy on surface level, incredibly stupid and, and like naff, but like there is a lot of thought that goes into it. That, like that there, there is an intelligence there. Uh, there is it, it, it's very deliberate and yeah. uh, calculated. I'd probably compare them more to Airplane or Mel Brooks films than I would Family Guy. Yeah. But I, I see your point, though, for sure. But I, I feel like they kind of go wrong along the Airplane Mel Brooks method a little bit more. Where, like They'll definitely do offensive, over-the-top humor. There's usually a point to it, or mm-hmm. there's an underlying theme or if, if it is just over the top it's embracing that and like it's it's going full force i i would not use mel brooks as an example of there's a point to it sure there is there's uh space balls tackles themes of capitalism technically not wrong blazing saddles tackles racism have an end of the movie it just <laughs> stops <laughs> and that's the point is there really ever an end <laughs> 
It's theological. You're just not thinking Stop hard it. enough. Stop. <laughs> we're good. Next week, we're going to in depth analyze the social commentary of all the Mel Brooks films. Oh God, there's actually a lot. <laughs> I, I I can't wait to. Uh, okay, I was about to make a joke about. I I can't wait to explore the the socioeconomic. Uh, ramifications of men in tights, but then I was like, I actually probably could come up with some socioeconomic. We rest. absolutely could do an in-depth <laughs> dive of Mel Brooks films. Oh, absolutely, hundred percent, hundred percent. If we really wanted to, we could pull oh, sun yeah. out of our asses. Um, but yeah, I am a big fan of Lonely Island in general. What, what's uh, your favorite Lonely Island song? My favorite Lonely Island song is probably uh, Jack Sparrow. Okay. Yeah. Jack Sparrow's great. I, it, I'm a movie nerd. It appeals to me. For for me, Jack Sparrow's definitely up there, and it's it's the one that I will find myself like humming in my head for for weeks after I listen to it. Mm-hmm. But uh, Boombox has always been my top one. Boombox is good. I it's not one I revisit super frequently, but anytime I do stumble across it, I'm just on like a Lonely Island binge. I'm like this is good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I definitely, I'm not a big fan of their just blatant like over the top ones so much as like like jizz in my pants, eh? Uh, uh, threw yeah, it on the ground is eh? Jizz in my pants has never done it for me. Uh, just, you don't like the jizz in your pants? I, I I'm not a fan. It's messy. It gets everywhere uh, like sand. Th- this is a family friendly podcast. It's uh, when. Do I need to bring up fucking elves again? <laughs> But would you? <laughs> Are you telling me? <laughs> you're gonna. You're never having a political career because of this podcast. <laughs> because of me. It's not even because of you. It's just like you associate with him. No, you can't do it. it doesn't even matter if I'm like a famous film director I, or some shit. No. Yeah. No. It, it's not like anything I've ever done that'll keep me from my uh, my political career. It's your company. It, I'm. 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 Uh, associated with numerous known fugitives. You know? <laughs> uh, a couple serial killers, you know. Got a, got a good variety. Goodness gracious. But would you fucking elf? We're the not next Lonely Island song. song. You're not having this conversation. <laughs> no, I, I want you to I want you to take a a the the link to the last podcast. With a, a specific timestamp for that question, and then send ago. it to Andy Samberg and be like, <sighs> "New song idea? Question mark? Please, question please, mark? Question mark?" All of our audience, please tweet uh, 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 <laughs> Andy Adam Samberg. Samberg. Andy Samberg. Please tweet Andy Samberg <laughs> and tell him, "Hey." Fucking elves? That could be a song idea. Just kidding. And last. But would you? But would you, Andy Samberg? But would you? Andy Samberg would. Oh, yeah. I, yeah, I think, yeah. I think, yeah. No question. We'll get story by credit on their next music video. And that, that'll be, that'll be our... Our Ultra careers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we did the story for a Lonely Island song. I'm gonna, hey, I'll still put it on a resume. Oh fuck yeah! <laughs> but uh, Lonely Island is great. I'm also, I was uh, for a long time. Uh, Three Way was my favorite uh, Lonely Island song. It's a good one. Uh, Dick in the Box is a classic. 
Yeah. Not not my favorite, but it's good. It you know it it kind of launched them into the mainstream. So yeah, I I do appreciate all of the uh, Justin Timberlake duos. So yeah. those two, and then Mother Lover too. Um, but none, of the none, none of them are my favorites. That's fair. I I I I, I really like uh, certain moments of three way, like when uh, like also like Lady Gaga is in it. The the yeah, Lady like, Lady Gaga's part in it is is very nice. <laughs> it's like uh, the part in the music video where she like wanders back in. And she's like, oh, you're still here. It's like, oh, oh my. But great, great band, great stuff. I'm very pro the Lonely Island. I'm very pro. Uh, the Bin Laden song. Uh, j- just wanted to give a, a quick mention to uh, the 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 just two guys ones, uh, where it's are are you are you familiar where it's like the two other members of the Lonely Island that are not Andy Samberg, and yeah. oh yeah, <laughs> just and, giving and them a shout out. <laughs> just well, the, it, it, the, they're like four different songs where it's just the two of them being like very you know plain and boring straight white guys and they're like we're just two guys and we're having a good time uh i've seen at least one of those yeah let's see like a boss and not a huge fan i i i can appreciate like a boss oh i'm on a boat that's a classic 11 years ago i'm on a boat never really did it for me it's just quotable yeah that's the main thing fine and i think that's like also it started uh like really kicked off like oh they they're getting like really big celebrities to do these dumb songs with them that's fun yeah same with uh i just had sex was that also t-pain i think so yeah they they really like t-pain uh or alternatively t-pain really likes them also fair also fair also uh t-pain if you're one of our subscribers let us know we'll let you do we'll, a, we'll do a music video with you <laughs> <laughs> yeah, on on a I'm on a kayak because that's all we can afford. Uh, good stuff, good stuff. Pro pro the Lonely Island. Pro Andy Samberg. He's a he's a good guy. Oh, Everything yeah. I've, I've never heard anything negative about him. Yeah, good yeah. stuff. Pretty funny guy. Uh, Brooklyn Nine Nine is solid. I don't know if you've seen any of that. I, I've seen a couple episodes. It's pretty solid. Rosa Diaz is the love of my life. Is that is that it, Seth? Any any thoughts uh, on the Lonely Island? I'm 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 pro pro the Lonely Island pro the Bin Laden song. I'm glad you're pro the Bin Laden song. Pro yeah. Seth is pro Bin Laden. Oh my God! I, I am I am pro Bin Laden. <laughs> Heard it here. Yeah, that's a good sound bite. Now you, just, now you finally have something against you specifically. Then now now you can you, never you run can the actually office. leverage that. <laughs> it's like in uh, 2020, you said on the record. You were pro Bin Laden. <laughs> it's like Andy Samberg, save me. You may quote me. Uh, <laughs> oh, best out of context quotes. Uh, I can't wait. I want to get big enough that we have like an actual audience of more than four and a half. I've been talking, just like call out to our audience, like, hey, please find us terrible out of context quotes. Because I don't want to do all that work myself, even though we only have like seven episodes. Yeah. <laughs> so. If any of you want to find our our best quotes slash worst quotes, put them in the comments. That's going to be an entire video. Is just after our first like fifteen episodes, we'll do a compilation of all of the the most cringeworthy stuff we've 
we've said. Wow, so 15 hours of content. Yeah. <laughs> um, Which by then, our fan base will have grown into the hundreds. So it oh, shouldn't at, be that hard. Well, at least. At ten. least. <laughs> yeah. We might hit double digits. Well, we'll, we'll get there. We're going to be huge. Huge. Famous. All right. Thanks uh, for listening, guys. Uh, links for shit will be in the description below. Thank you for listening to this bullshit. Love you all. Maybe we'll have an episode next week, too. Maybe we yeah. won't. Who knows? Toodaloo. See you on the flip side. Flip.